You know, in recent days, friends, you have probably heard people say around you, I have never seen anything like this before. In fact, I was over at Kroger's and there was a couple of older gentlemen behind me and they were saying that very thing. I have never seen anything like this before. I've heard some of our government officials say the same thing. I've heard people here around the church, even in my family saying, I've never seen anything like this before. And you know, without question, these are indeed unprecedented times in which we're living. And I know many people feel like we're standing on the brink. Well, I want to remind you about some research that I saw some time ago. And some years ago, there was this experiment that was conducted in which they told one group of people that they were going to receive about 20 electric shocks. And they were going to be strong. And then the second group of people, group B, they were told they were going to receive 20 shocks, but only three of them were going to be strong. The other 17 would be mild, and that it was going to be at random. And the research revealed that the second group sweated more, they experienced faster heart rates, they were more disturbed, even though they only received three strong shocks. It was the uncertainty of that moment that caused their discomfort, not the intensity of the shocks. You know, someone has said that an uncertain future leaves us stranded in an unhappy present with nothing to do but wait. And many of us right now are in that wait and see mode and no doubt we have anxious feelings, we have anxiety, we have concerns. These are uncertain times as we have all jumped off the treadmill, haven't we? Just days ago, we were barreling through life, minding our own business, running here and running there with all of our daily and regular routines. And now everything has come to a halt and we're hunkered down in our homes. And this situation has really stopped us and caused us to reevaluate, to reprioritize. In fact, it's caused us to have the layers of our life peeled. We've been in this sermon series here in this Lenten season where we have been challenging people to lay their lives before God, to get real about their walk of faith. We're asking the Holy Spirit to peel back our hearts and show us where we are bearing fruit. And so we've been in this sermon series in this Lenten season And we are challenging you even today to be honest with yourself about your relationship with God. You know, times like these have a way of revealing something about our character. And I trust today that as you look in the mirror, as you experience adversity and these challenges right now, that you will see where you really stand with Christ and you'll respond to draw closer to him. This scripture that I want to lift up before you today is this verse in Colossians where Paul wrote here in Colossians 3 and verse 12. Because of God's deep love and concern for you, you should practice tender-hearted mercy and kindness to others. Kindness to others. 
Kindness is love in action. And it's something that you do. Circle the word there in your Bible that says practice. It's practical help. The Bible says the kind person benefits themselves. Just quickly, I want to share with you three words about this kindness that we ought to be implementing in our lives right now. First of all, the word here that comes to mind is to be sensitive. Kindness has to do with being sensitive. To put up your antenna, to tune in to the people that are around you in your neighborhood right now, at work, in your family, to look at the needs that are ever-present in your community. Paul speaks to another church, the Philippian church, with these powerful words in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 4. He said, each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Be aware. If you care, you'll be aware. Now, there's two things about this that I find that are really important to kind of consider. One is that everybody's having a tough time right now. You are not the only person on the planet that is suffering. We are all being challenged. We are all being challenged to find hand sanitizer or to find toilet paper or to just manage the kids running around in our homes right now instead of being at school. Everybody is sitting around right now uh, in our various homes being challenged. You are not alone. And a second thing that I would say to you about this is you realize that oftentimes the number one cause that keeps us from being kind to one another is busyness because we're all so busy doing the things that we do in our lives that we fail to really be kind to those around us. Uh, when I get too busy, I have to confess, uh, you know, I am perhaps the least kind to my children, my wife, to other people. I have my agenda. I'm, I'm operating on my goals. I'm going to this meeting and to that meeting. I'm trying to accomplish this and I'm trying to do that. And I sometimes get blindsided and I'm not thinking about being kind. And I got to ask you, if you today would stop and talk to your spouse uh, or to your teenager, do you know what their needs really are? Could you say today the three greatest emotional needs of your teenage daughter or your older family member? or your spouse, or your friend next door? Are you familiar with their challenges that they have right now? Kindness starts with a way of looking. It's being aware, it's being sensitive. If you care, you'll be aware. I, I'm reminded of Suzanne Wesley. She mothered three uh, or 11 children, and uh, many children in fact. And uh, someone asked her one time, which one of her children does she love the most? 
And she responded so wisely. She says, I love the one who's sick until he's well. I love the one who is away until they come home and so forth. She loved all of her children and she was so sensitive to their needs and their concerns. I wonder if you in your walk of faith demonstrate that kind of sensitivity. Are you kind? Secondly, I would say, are you supportive? Be supportive. Kindness involves being supportive. Be supportive in your speech as well. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs 15, kind words bring life, but cruel words crush the spirit. Cruel words crush the spirit. Probably all of us can remember those moments when we were on the playground as children, and you recall how ruthless other kids could be. They would exploit every weakness. They would rub in every failure. They would go right for the jugular to pull you down, and you would be hurt, and you would go home to mom and dad, and they would say, now, honey, sticks and stones may break your bones, but words or names will never hurt you. But I want to say today that that's not necessarily true, is it? I have found in my ministry and in my life that a broken bone heals faster than a broken spirit. The Bible says kind words bring life, but cruel words crush your spirit. Your words have the ability to harm people or to heal people. And so how much do you support people today with your words? especially in these trying circumstances where we find ourselves today, are you an encourager or a discourager? Do you lift people up with your words or do you tear them down? Do you give them strokes or do you give them pokes and digs? Do you nag or do you brag on your children? If God were to have a contest and say, I'm going to give you a dollar for every kind word you say this year? Or I'm going to take a dollar from you at every ill-spoken word you share? I wonder at the end of the year, would you be rich or would you be poor? Perhaps many of you would be in the hole. When you belittle people, you put them down. And you belittle, that means you become little yourself I say be sensitive. Kindness involves being sensitive to those around you, being supportive of those around you, but also being spontaneous. Don't wait to be kind. When you've got time to do it, do it now. The Bible says in Galatians, again, another writing of Paul here in Galatians chapter 6, as we have the opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. Listen to those words. As we have the opportunity, let us do good to all people. Notice the phrase there, have the opportunity. When you should be kind, it's obvious. Whenever you see a need, there's a lot of need right now, as you know. There's a lot of bad news out there right now. People are really pushing and shoving at the store. People are hoarding. 
I even heard the story of one person taking a roll of toilet paper out of another person's shopping cart as they were on the way to their vehicle after purchasing it. But I've also heard a lot of wonderful things that are going on. I've heard of people looking after their neighbors. I've heard of people checking on their family members, delivering food to those who are in need. And I encourage you today to let the kindness and the love overwhelm the darkness. Adversity always brings out who we really are. And I ask you today, are you selfish or are you selfless? That's really a great definition of a disciple, someone who is selfless. Now, I know we've all done things before where we've acted promptly, but there's other times in our life where we haven't been as prompt. Maybe you have noticed someone in the neighborhood who has moved in and you've said, I'm going to go over and introduce myself and welcome them into the neighborhood. But you're tired at the end of the day and and all of a sudden it's the end of the week and then two months have passed and six months have passed and you have not even ventured out to welcome those ones in your neighborhood. Or maybe someone has done an act of kindness to you and you said, I'm going to write a note, a kind note thanking them. And a week's passed, two weeks passed, and now it's been almost a year and you've never written the note. And it's almost awkward now to bring it up. Kindness, every opportunity we ought to use as a time to be kind. And we need to do it now. And I guess what I'm saying is give roses while people can smell them, right? Do you give while you're living? And if you do, then you'll be knowing where it's going. A lot of people tell me all the time that one of these days when I die, I'm going to give money to the church. I'm going to give money to United Way. I'm going to give it to this charity or that charity. And you know, those things are always fine. But really, do your giving while you're living. You get more credit for it. You get more joy out of it as you see people in their lives are touched and blessed. And you know where it's going. And when it comes to kindness, good intentions don't count. It's kind of like horseshoes and hand grenades. Close doesn't count. But be spontaneous as you have the opportunity. You know, the classic example of this is found in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, where we hear the story about the Good Samaritan. And there Jesus is speaking, and he says, you know, a person went from Jerusalem to Jericho, and just a couple months I was in that very area. And I can, in my mind, see how people would have been walking through this desolate kind of area, and... Jesus said that there was this man that had been beaten and robbed and mugged and tossed to the side. And his clothes were taken. He was battered. He was laying there along the road. Even two religious guys walking down the road. They saw him but passed him by and they did nothing. They did not show kindness. But this good Samaritan, he saw the need. He immediately stopped what he was doing on his busy way to Jericho. He acted there spontaneously. He didn't even think twice, but responded immediately. He picked up the guy, he bandaged him up, took him down to the nearest Holiday Inn, gave 
him the, his visa card and said, I'll pay this gentleman's expenses and I'll be back to check on him later. Would you do that for a total stranger? I want to challenge you this week to pick out five people, ten people, as many as you can each day and pray for them check on them, whether they be family members, whether they be those total strangers in your area that you encounter, your neighbors who are in need, and shower them with kindness. You know, in the Roman Empire, back in that day, there were two Greek words that were typically confused. One was Christos, which means Christ or Christian. And the second word was Christos, which meant kindness. And they were always confusing these two words, Christian and kindness. And, you know, frankly, I can't think of two better words to kind of confuse. That ought to be synonymous. Christians who are kind. To be a Christian is to be a kind person. And that is what it's all about. I want to invite you to share with me a moment of prayer. Oh, Holy God, we thank you for these wonderful words of life, for this time of worship on this live stream. We ask your blessing upon each person that's joining us today. And as we look deep within our hearts, as we take these moments in our lives now to, to stop and, and to re-examine our lives, to reprioritize and to reevaluate who we are and what we are, Lord, we just want to receive your spirit into our hearts right now. We ask, oh God, that you would just pour out your spirit upon your people, that we might go forth as those kind Christians, those kind Christ followers, loving other people and being the church. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.
trust today that you have been blessed by this time of worship together, and I trust that you know who holds tomorrow. You know, in times like these, we kind of get a glimpse of our own mortality. We understand that there is more to this life, and I want to extend the opportunity for you to know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. If you're here on live stream today and you've never accepted Christ, you can do that today. And I would invite you as we close our time of worship to just pray a prayer. Say that you believe in God. Ask God to forgive you of your sins and find that peace and hope in the one that the only one who can extend that true kind of assurance and peace. It's Jesus Christ. Will you pray with me? Almighty God, we thank you for these moments of worship. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity for all of our teams here from our live stream team to those like Jerry and Lynn that have helped with things behind the scenes and for so many others, our staff, our board. We thank you, Lord, for this church family. And Lord, we pray for those here today on live stream that need to accept you. Lord, may this be the day I pray for them right now, O oh God, as they come before you. I pray, O oh Lord, that you would pour out your peace upon them. 
as they claim you as Savior. Bless each and every one of us in this season, O oh God. May we go forth to be your people, to be those kind-hearted Christians as we speak words of love and truth to those around us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. God bless you.